At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Sorry, I thought this was a phone interview. There you go. So did I. Big, big capitals from now on. It's not a phoner. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence, the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks as always for making your way here, checking out the episode. Make yourself comfortable and uh, hit that subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists, discover some new ones, know what's happening in the music world, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, anywhere you get your podcasts from. I'm Kyle Meredith. That's me. I'm the namesake of the uh, this show. Uh, today, I get to talk with uh, two of my biggest songwriting heroes, Tears for Fears. That's uh, Roland Orzabal and Kurt Smith. They are back with their first new album in nearly 20 years. It's been nearly 20 years. They did put out a Greatest Hits a few years ago, and it had uh, a couple of new songs on there. In fact, one of those new songs actually uh, been redone again for this new album. But otherwise, uh, oh yeah, there were some covers too. There were some covers in the early part of the last decade, which by the way, I'm a huge fan of. But otherwise, I think I can say that for real this time. But otherwise, uh, this is their first new full album. In nearly 20 years. And when you think about what they've already given the world of music, I mean, I'm holding in my hands their um, their greatest hits, the tears roll down, greatest hits. You know, first off, I'll bring up the big one. Everybody wants to rule the world. It's maybe the best song of the entire 80s. Like, I, I'm not the only one who thinks that. I've got a few uh, nerd friends out there, and we've had the conversation, like, the, you know, if you can define an entire decade by one song, what would it be? And and there's something about that song. There's something about that song that holds magic. I mean, it transcends the decade. This, this, this group transcends the 80s. But that song, which happened to come out in the 80s, it's, like, the best song of the entire decade. And, and there's not a time that it comes on even as much as it's been played throughout these uh, last few decades, there's not a time that comes on that I just don't stop everything that I'm doing and sing along or just listen and just let it wash over me. But it just goes on from there. Sowing the seeds of love, woman in chains, shout, head over heels, mad world, the original version, mother's talk, chain. Like I said, it's uh, they've just offered so many songs throughout the years. And their new record 
is fantastic. It's 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 as good as I hoped it would be. In fact, it's probably even better than I expected it to be. Just when you think of you know uh, what's in the bucket this time around, uh, you know you, when you're a songwriter this long, it's not always a home run. But man, I I, I love this. So so we're gonna get into it. We're gonna hear about the painful process that led to the album's completion. It was not an easy road. That does get into those covers and what they call the speed dating with young producers. Uh, that in fact they made an album and then it went poof. It went nowhere. They, they were like, no, this is not the record. You're going to hear all about that, along with some heavy topics as well, uh, both on the global front and the personal front. Uh, I want to ask Roland about his use of ghosts and demons and the dead uh, in his work, but especially on this record as well. Uh, they've got a tour in 2022 with Garbage, and of course there's going to be the question, uh, does this lead to more new music? So let's do it. We're discussing The Tipping Point. It's Kyle Meredith with Tears for Fears. Good morning. Good afternoon. Congratulations. The Tipping Point is such a good record. I mean, it's a great record, a really good record. And I know that wasn't, I know that wasn't a given. I know that wasn't promised, but you guys uh, totally knocked it out of the park. So I'll just start with the compliments right there. Congrats. Thank you very much. Thank you. Keep them coming. <laughs> oh, trust me. I, I can over compliment. It's fine. I'll, I'll keep that coming the whole time. Um. When I when I look back, I mean, for a lot of us fans, you know, it, it has been a road to this, a road to the period when, you know, I think I first started hearing about, you know, the possible new music, of course, when you guys released the covers uh, early last decade, talking about a ready to start boy from school and, and my girls, um, which once I started thinking about it, even today, I think I listen to your all's versions more than I go back and listen to the original versions like that's really was good stuff. And for that to have been a starting point, maybe if it's the starting point or just a starting point, now that you've got that lens of hindsight, what did you have, in, like whatever you might've had in mind for the album then, how close did that become to what it is now? Uh, not very close would be the answer to that. Um, you know, I mean, the, doing the cover versions, while it was a fun exercise, you know, again, was one of the things our, our management suggested back then. Um, and then we went on this process of, of speed dating with, with um, you know, sort of modern or modernish songwriters. Um, again, at the sort of uh, suggestion of our management company to try and sort of drag us kicking and screaming into the 21st century. And, um, and it was, you know, and, and, and it wasn't that we were against it. We weren't. We were quite game to try that to see if it brought us anything different or or taught us anything. Um, and at the end of it, we were left with these sort of maybe 15 to 18 attempts at trying to make a modern hit single. And um, it really didn't have any balance. It didn't have any ebb and flow. It was it was all kind of on one level and and we just didn't feel it was representative of us at that point in time. So we basically had to kind of start again. And, um, you know, all of it led us to, to, you know, where we are with this album. So I'm not really knocking it. I mean, it did lead us to where we've ended up. But um, it was it was a kind of painful process. Did any of those songs, the discarded album, uh, like I know Stay, there was a version of that on The Greatest Hits that came out a few years ago. But did, yep. did any of the other songs make it over in a rewritten form? Yeah, well, we revisited uh, quite a few of them. There's a... Well, well, My Demons was a, a very successful track we did with Sasha Scarbeck, who we did actually did a lot of songs with. 
Um, we merely took that, changed some of the lyrics, simplified it, took out some of the information that made it on. We're really, really proud of that. And it works beautifully um, before Rivers of Mercy, uh, very new song. Um, what else? End of Night we did on our own. That was old um, from the previous track. Long, long, long time we pretty much did on our own. So, yeah, I mean, there's not actually not many. No, to answer your question, <laughs> I mean, many, no, my yeah. humans. I think that's it, isn't it? <laughs> well, there, I mean, these there were tracks we started during the process. I mean, you know, five of the tracks were existing tracks, mm -hmm. um, but but probably not coincidentally, the majority of those five tracks we kept were ones we'd done on our own anyway. So uh, um, they they fit in far better with the with the new tracks. Um, as Roland said, my demons is one that really did from from that writing um those writing sessions really did fit in with the new songs because it was at a point in the album where we wanted something that was that intense um and if you can imagine there being 15 my demons on one album it would be a little overly intense but that's basically what we had and that is a monster of a song uh, it, it is one of my favorite moments on, on this record just maybe because of where it's placed and how it sounds like you're singing against everything but there's also that line, um, my demons don't get out that much. Uh, I mean, in one of those moments where the goosebumps sort of happened the first time I heard that. Uh, and I know lyrically there's a lot going on in this record and I'll, I'll circle around those two, but, but since we're on the subject of that song, what caused that one, if, if, there's a, if you can pinpoint it? I don't really want to sort of, I don't know. I mean, it just seemed like fun at the time. That was the actually the first line of lyric that came out. My demons don't get out that much. Um, it seems more relevant nowadays. Um, when they do get out, it gets all gets quite ugly in society. Um, but no, I mean, I love I love the lyrics. For me, it's like um, Paul Simon's "Boy in a Bubble," "Boy in, Boy in a Bubble" on crystal meth. If you see what I'm saying, uh -huh. so it's got it's got that that intense wordplay in the verses and just a crazy, very youthful, dare I say, adolescent even, uh, alternative chorus. That's one of those I'm hoping to hear live. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So so you go through the producer and the and the co-writer thing, and as the story that you all have been telling goes, uh, at some point you realize that your partnership is with each other. Uh, how was it to connect as songwriters again? That was the that was the key. That really was the the thing that solved a, a huge problem and issue. Um, that we were surrounded with people, surrounded with very talented people, but really it's us putting our heads together. It's us connecting emotionally and spiritually. And early twenty twenty, when we got together, through desperation as much as any anything else in Kurt's house in LA with two acoustic guitars and a little iPhone voice memo um, and came up with No Small Thing, the track number one, we kind of thought, oh my God, why haven't we been doing this for the last seven years? You know, because it's from, the, from our imagination and from our love of music, all the music that we grew up listening to and aren't afraid of using those influences from the 60s and 70s. And we just went crazy with that song. It's a journey in, in, in and of itself. The whole track is a journey, a massive journey. And that tells you 
that's what the album's going to be about. So that was a really fantastic experience for us. And it is. I mean, the way it starts with just the acoustic, almost a little bit of an Americana country flair to it, just building Absolutely. and building. And, and maybe it's purposeful then that the line is in there, one more song to sing, one more story to tell. Exactly. You got it in one. Yeah, yeah. So once you figured it out, and maybe it comes natural at this point, but did, was there the point where you, you thought, what does this album need to represent? Well, I think once we, we got that track and we realized that, um, you know, that track was a journey in and of itself, as, as Roland mentioned, um, and you realize that that's kind of what we're good at, um, is making albums that actually do have an ebb and flow, that have a journey, that have some meaning, uh, so at that point in time, when we went back into the studio, the, the process was actually very simple. Um, it, it really didn't take us that long. I mean, it's 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 painful to look back on when you think we'd spent years doing this speed dating, songwriting stuff, and, and it didn't end up working. And then once we actually sat down together and wrote No Small Thing, um, it came together very quickly. But, you know, have, having said that, you know, would it have had we done that seven years ago? You know, maybe not, but who knows? Um, but it, it really wasn't a difficult process once we kind of got a direction. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Well, you know, so the sounds are great. Uh, the, the way they're put together, you know, it is so much fun to kind of listen to, especially as an album from front to back. And then, you know, you start paying attention to what's going on in the songs. And um, let's take those opening sounds of, of Rivers of Mercy, because that that's speaks pretty well to, to what it sounds like, you know, a good portion of this record is about. I'm in Louisville, you know, when the uh, BLM yeah. uh, hits, uh, we, we were one of the epicenters of it uh, that was going on around here. And we all know the history, it shook the world. Um, how does that stand? How, how, did, how was all of that? How did you all want that represented in these songs? Not just BLM, but, but everything that was happening globally at that point. Well, for, for me personally, um, this was, we were in lockdown number one in the UK and it was, it coincided with the most remarkable stretch of weather, almost Mediterranean. So there I was trapped in this three acre estate in the West country with swimming pool and tennis court. It was hell, you know, and you put on, you know, the news and, or go on, the internet and you see this stuff um, going on in America, the rage, the absolute rage, justifiable, understandable, and disturbing. And you, the contrast between what was going on there and the serenity of this imposed, you know, imprisonment was kind of crazy, 
Rivers of Mercy have been floating, haha, floating around for not very long, actually. That was another new song. And it was like, well, how do we get out of this? How do we sort of wash away the pain? You know what I mean? How do we get rid of it? And as this, we have, I think, two conflicting instincts within us. One, the rage one, but we also have this deep desire for forgiveness and for redemption. And so that's why the song starts, the streets are all, you know, are burning, um, there's trouble in the town. You hear the, the noise of the riots before, before it starts, but then you have to let go. The track washes over you. It does things to your brain. It calms you down. And it's, it's a beautiful, I think of one of the, again, with no small thing, Rivers of Mercy is one of the key tracks to this album. And as someone said the other day, uh, that it's a future classic. Yeah, I feel that way uh, about quite a few on here. <laughs> and listening to that, like tackling the big topics you all have done throughout your entire career, you know, do you do you feel that you the way you approached it has changed from all the way back, like suffer the children, you know, when, when you're looking at this, like like has it changed for you? I mean, I think as you get older, you become more objective and more concerned about um, things that aren't just on a personal level. Um, you know, you you certainly your views change or become more refined when you have children. Um, because then you're looking at the future and the future they have. Mm -hmm. um, so then you're more concerned about societal things because, you know, they're the ones that are going to have to grow up in it. On the same level, they're the ones that end up convincing you that everything will be fine because they're the next generation and they're better than us. So, you know, there are two levels of that, um, you know, of appreciation for the next generation. But, um, yeah, so I guess you become you know, your view becomes wider as you get older, I think. Also, if I may add that, um, you know, when we started off, we were kids. We were, we had the songs from the age of 19 years old. Uh, we were blaming our parents. Uh, we were blaming the establishment. We honestly, like Kurt has just talked about his children, we honestly believe that things would be, be would be better once we get rid of the, the, um, the people in power. Um, we're now 60 years old, uh, believe it or not, and um, we are older than a lot of leaders in the world. We can no longer blame our parents, if you see what I'm saying. So we're just trying to, because we care deeply about things, the two of us, we are just trying to, with, with our art and music, to reflect back exactly what is going on without it being an argument between left and right, which it doesn't go anywhere because there is, there's what's happening is we're going through this incredible time and, but with, no one's really speaking from their heart. If you see what I'm saying, you, everyone, everything's being shut down. Everything is freedom of speech is being limited. And so therefore I think it's the job of the artist just to kind of take, take a step back and go, okay, this is what's going on guys. How do you feel about it? Because that's the way I think we can maybe progress to the next stage of um, life. Some wisdom, hopefully. Wisdom with age is as easy as that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The um, I'll quickly just hit on the other the other end too. The uh, the use of ghosts and demons 
and the dead mm -hmm. and the way you write about them, um, I've always found is an interesting tool. I know that comes from a very uh, heavy personal and dark place for you, especially Roland. Um, but but using those, and and I guess I'm I'm asking this question a bit separated from that, but um, uh, using those as a songwriting tool, I think has always been. I gravitate towards that, uh, and and I don't really think I have a specific question here, but just as you approached it, those came in with lots of different songs. Um, I don't know, was that obvious to you as you were writing it? Well, I, personally, that's something, yeah, I've always been obsessed with, really, I suppose, you know, um, I don't know why, other than the fact that I have a Capricorn moon in the eighth house, uh, you know, who knows, or Neptune and Scorpio, I don't know why um, I kind of feel it's important. It's a, it's a taboo subject. And it's um, having been through a whole terrible bout of grief um, in end of 217 and throughout 218, having become uh, seriously ill from grief. You know, it's kind of like we, again, we don't talk about it. It's, it's like this, we've lost any, any sense of belief about death. We've lost it, we've, we've been convinced uh, through science that that's it, it's over. So therefore we're left holding this kind of puzzle you know, it makes the, the, the question of life unanswerable, if you see what I'm saying, because we're born, we don't know where we came from, and then we, we go somewhere, or maybe nowhere. But it's like we're not, there's, there's no discussion about it, because it's, death is such a taboo. And it is now in society. This is the big thing to fear, you know, if, if you see what I'm saying, you know. But I, 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 it's something I, I think about a lot. You know, I do. I entertain those ideas a lot. You know. Well, I've always appreciated your angle with that. And it's a beautiful poetry that you all have made. Um, uh, I'll wrap up here. Um, you're going to be on tour with Garbage in 2022. They're one of my all-time favorite bands. I've had uh, Shirley and Butch on the show uh, many, many times. So uh, I cannot wait to see you guys out there. Do you, do you have a relationship with the band? Because what a bill that is. Not a relationship as such. I mean, I've, I've met Shirley on a couple of occasions and I've met Butch on a few occasions. They, they, they are very nice people. So it should be, it should be at least, uh, it, I mean, you know, our band are, are great. Our, our live band are great and the easiest people to get on with. And having met Shirley and Butch, I'm sure it'll be easy to, to fit them into, into the tour. So um, it should be, it should be fun. I hope, you know, I mean, I'm, and I'm hoping we still get to do it next year, but the way the pandemic's going, but I, I feel positive about yeah. it. Well, the obvious wrap-up question here, is this chapter three of a continuation? Is that is that the hope? Uh, the best laid plans of mice and men and tears, <laughs> yeah. tears often go astray. So, you know, we're going to go on tour. We're, we, I mean, there's no excuse for not producing a killer set with not just the old songs, but with these new songs. It's all geared up for a crazy, crazy, brilliant show. And it's unforgivable if we don't deliver that. Yeah, and as far as plans for the future, you know, we've we've done that before and, and they more often than not don't come to fruition. So we've given up on that, you know. I mean, the, the plan was to write a big modern sounding record and that's, you know, we we, we gave up on that because it wasn't right for us. So we'll do what feels right when the time comes.
Well, the recipe that you all make is just outstanding. And, and the fact that you're still able to produce this, uh, you know, I love what you all do. Thank you so much for doing it. Congratulations on the tipping point. And, uh, and Roland Kurt, thank you both so much for taking the time to talk about it. You're welcome. Good to speak to you. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. Take care. Oh, a big thanks. Roland Kurt, Tears for Fears. The new album is called The Tipping Point. And a big thanks to you as well, again, for checking out the episode, uh, checking out the series. Uh, please do hit the subscribe button before you get out of here. Uh, we put out three new interviews every single week. It's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at all the usual spots like iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Mayer. Meredith with. After that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along, and that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Oh. <laughs> we can edit that out. <laughs> kidding me. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, my phone comes through to my iPad. I should turn my phone off. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Hey there, it's Kyle Meredith from Kyle Meredith With. After you check out the latest episode of my show, uh, be sure to check out some of our other great programs on the Consequence Podcast Network, including Standing BTS, a bi-weekly podcast covering all things BTS and ARMY, and The Opus, Consequence's original documentary podcast exploring legendary albums and their lasting legacies. So head to Consequence.net to listen to these podcasts and many great others. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.